Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to episode 11 of the Finding Clarity podcast. I'm George Cannon, and we are so glad that you are taking the time in order to wrestle with questions that many folks are struggling with concerning Christianity. Today we're going to wrestle with and try to process the question of why does God allow bad things to happen? It's really, to be honest with you, it's the universal struggle of humanity. Whether you have a strong belief in God or whether you don't have any belief in God, at some point, because of the nature of life and the difficulties that we face in our world, you wrestle with and struggle with, we wrestle and struggle with, why does God allow bad things to happen? Why are we going through that? Why did this tragedy happen? In fact, I think it's interesting, whenever there's a natural disaster, especially when there's a natural disaster, and there's a large loss of life, you can listen to any talk show, and you can hear someone raise the question, why would God allow this tragedy? In fact, the critic, or the cynic, or the skeptic would say, well, if God is that great, and if God is that loving, why would he allow that to happen? And so, again, this so this is a question that really everybody struggles with. It's a question, why would God allow bad things to happen? No matter if you're new in Christianity, or you're strong in your faith, and you've walked with the Lord for a long time, you're going to wrestle with this. In fact, I would say you're going to wrestle with it several times. So what we're going to do today is, is we're going to try to address this whole issue about why would God allow suffering. So how I'm going to approach this, because really, to be honest with you, this talk could go on for weeks, but I'm only going to try to address it in one setting. How we're going to address it is, is we're going to look, first of all, at what the struggle is what the difficulty is, and come to a conclusion there. We're going to look at the nature of suffering. we got to understand why suffering has happened. And then we're going to look at what the Bible says about coping with suffering. And the Bible does talk about suffering. So let's kind of go at it together. Let's try to come to some sort of conclusion and as I enter into this, I'm, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you, especially if you're going through something right now, it may not bring comfort. It may not bring comfort. In fact, I have seen, and the Bible gives testimony to this, where the difficulties and the trials of life can actually stifle someone's faith and trust in God, and they can walk away. Jesus talked about that in the parable of the sowers, that the seed that was thrown on stony ground, shallow ground, you know, it sprung up and then the trials of life came and, and, it, and they burned. And they weren't able to hold on because their roots were very shallow. And, and I've seen that happen. You've seen that happen. So let's talk about this. First of all, let's talk about the whole issue of suffering and the struggle with suffering. A couple points I want to make here. 
Number one, the reason why when you read the Bible, you can't just go to any one book or any section of verses and get an answer for why does God allow suffering to happen. I think we need to recognize that the that there is an underlying assumption in the scripture, and that is, is that suffering is a part of human life, period. Suffering is a part of human life. The Bible always assumes that people are going to be in the midst of suffering. They're going to suffer, they have suffered, and they will suffer because life is hard. It's always going to assume that bad things are going to happen. That's the first thing you need to recognize there. The second thing you need to recognize about the whole issue of suffering is this, is no one is immune from suffering. No one is immune from it. It Suffering affects everyone. It affects the wealthy. It affects the poor. It affects the faithful. It affects the unbeliever. Suffering is very much a part of human life, and there is no way for us to insulate ourselves from it. In fact, we spend an awful lot of time and money trying to make sure that we don't suffer, that we don't hurt, that we don't endure pain. And we also spend a lot of time and effort trying to cope with the pain of suffering. And the reality is, is that no one is immune from it. Okay, so yeah, I understand that, George. Didn't think about the fact that the Bible assumes that suffering will take place. Yes, I recognize that no one is immune from it. Okay, but that still doesn't answer my question. Why does God allow it to happen? Well, I think the first thing we need to recognize is, number one, God didn't create suffering or evil. You're going to have to understand that. When God created this world, he created a world that was perfect, where there was no suffering, no evil, no death. In fact, Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, the writer says this, Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed, it was very good. That was God's assessment from the very beginning. When he created the world, he created it perfect. It was good. There was no death. There was no suffering, no hurting. It was a perfect place. Now, okay, so that's what it was like in the beginning, but that's not what it's like right now, George, because I can turn on the news and I can hear about this tragedy or this war and these number of people getting killed in this terrorist act and I can look at my neighbor or my family and see people who are in the hospital and struggling, and I have someone, or I'm going through this, and, and life is difficult. Where did that come from? And why does he allow it to happen? Okay, he created it perfect, but that's not the way life is right now. I think the second thing you need to realize is this. What's going on in our world? What's happening in our world the difficulty, the struggle from natural disasters to everything is basically the result of sin. From the beginning, if you go back to Genesis chapter 3 and you look at when Adam and Eve, our forefathers, sinned against God 
and breaking one commandment. What resulted from that is death, but also we see there in God's pronouncement of judgment against them is that the world changed. The world became a struggle. Suffering enters into the world as a consequence of people's sins. And when you look at tragedy today around the world, what we see, wars, all of those things, a lot of times it's, it's the result of a world that's fallen by sin. So he didn't create it. What we're suffering is a consequence of sin. So when we look at this whole issue of he didn't create it, sin results in this, you still got this question about why does God allow it? Now, let, let's talk about that philosophically for a moment. When we make that kind of statement, why does God allow bad things to happen? Why does God allow suffering? What's going on there is really an issue of our concept of God. Maybe it's because we have this concept that if I'm a believer, especially if I'm a believer, that God should rescue me or save me from all the difficulties of life. And, and if I'm going through it, maybe he doesn't love me anymore. He doesn't care for me. And so what we're, what we're wrestling with there is the concept of God and how does he relate to us in our suffering. I think, I think it's very important for us to realize that this, is, this was not suffering and the difficult circumstances that we face was not God's plan for us. It was not what he intended for us. We brought that on ourselves. And what we also need to recognize is, is to understand God's heart in that, I think you just need to see a couple things in the scripture. So, for instance, in, in John chapter 11 verse 35, I, I think it's one of the most profound verses of the Bible, because here we have the situation where Jesus's friend Lazarus is dead, and Jesus comes, he's been dead for several days, Jesus knows he's going to raise him from the dead, but verse 35, Jesus wept. Why would he weep? I think the answer to that is, is that he identifies with us in the pain of the suffering we go through. So when we ask questions like, why does he allow that? That's, that's all part of the grief process. And I would, I would go ahead and say to you, it's okay to ask those questions because even in that same chapter, when you look at Mary and Martha and their interaction with Jesus before Lazarus is dead, Mary says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. She's saying the very same thing. Why did you let this happen? And you notice Jesus doesn't rebuke her. He points her to faith and he points her to hope. So what we need to recognize is, is that, yes, he created a perfect world. We suffer because of the result of sin in the world. But God also feels for us in the midst of that. That's why he tells us to put our trust in him and hold on until the end. 
That's why heaven or eternal life later on when we go to be with him is so sweet. And what the old saints used to look forward to was escaping this world of suffering. Now, I said to you there'd be one other section, and that is the whole issue of coping with sin. So I, I just want to focus on one passage of Scripture. I'm not going to read it to you, but I would encourage you, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 88. Go to Psalm 88. And in Psalm 88, you're, you're going to find a psalm there written by someone other than David. A lot of times people assume that the, David wrote all of the psalms. Psalm 88 is not a psalm from David. It's actually from one of the, it's one of the psalms from the sons of Korah. And what you see there is a lament. Now, most of the psalms are laments. Now, what is a lament? It's a cry from the heart. And what you're going to see there in verses 1 to 9 is, is that what the psalmist is going through affects his whole being. And, and that's got to be true when you think about it. When you think about what you're going through or have gone through or what you're watching somebody else go through, it affects their total being, who they are. But then you'll notice that from verses 9 to 13, the psalm drives the person who's suffering to cry out to God. It, it drives them to cry out to the Lord for for relief, for for salvation, for help with their struggle. And then what you see happening in the psalm, and this happens in a lot of the psalms, is then verses 14 through 18, you see the psalmist come to a conclusion that his hope is in God. And really, that, to be honest with you folks, it's okay to wrestle with the question, why does God allow suffering? But ultimately, it's got to bring us to that place as we wrestle with that with the Lord, to bring us to that place of asking him for help, but then finding our hope in him no matter what the circumstances. I think that's what you see in Second Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul talks about a problem, an issue of suffering that he was going through called the thorn in the flesh. And very clearly says there in chapter 12, verse 8, he said, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart with me. Paul asked God, God, take this problem away from me. So again, it's okay to go to God, question him. It's even okay to go and beg him to take it away from you. But here's what I want you to see. Here's the heart of God. Here's the hope of God that we have. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, here's something to note. He didn't promise to take away our problems. See, we've got to put that in there somewhere. We've got to recognize that. God didn't promise to take away our suffering from this world. But what he did tell us is, is that he will give us grace in the midst of it. He'll give us strength in the midst of our weakness. He says, for my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then the rest of that section, 
the last part of verse 9 all the way through verse 10, Paul basically responds by saying that I'm going to look forward to my struggles. That's all kind of weird, isn't it? I'm going to look forward to the bad things because in the midst of the bad things, I find the power of God resting on me. Now, I know that in just a short period that we have here with the podcast, I know I probably have not answered completely to your satisfaction the issue. So let me just summarize it for you. Number one, no one's immune from what the suffering is. It's a part of life. The Bible assumes that. But here's the thing I need you to recognize. God didn't create it. What's going on and the struggles that we create are, are, are the result of sin in our world, either directly from an action that we've done or actions of someone else or, or just the nature of the fallen world that we live in. But here's the reality I want you to see. God cares for us. He identifies with us through Jesus in our suffering. And he, even though he doesn't promise to take away the problem, he lets us know it's okay to cry out to him, to struggle with it, to ask questions, to ask for it to be removed. But he, even though he doesn't take away the problem, he gives us grace to see us through it. So no matter what you're going through, I would encourage you, Look to him and find the grace to see you through. Finding Clarity podcast is really an opportunity to wrestle with questions that we struggle with. That's why we do this. We've been doing this for a few weeks. We've been getting a good response. There's a lot of you who are listening to this. We want to thank you for that. We would encourage you that if you are enjoying these one of the things that you can do if you're on facebook and you see the link on facebook is to share the podcast on your wall share and make a comment saying hey here's something good to listen to or like it if you don't want to share it you can like it and that that helps direct people our way to listening to our podcast you know, you might have a question that you're struggling with or wrestling with. I would encourage you to let us know. You can do that through our website, through the contact page, currensvillechristian.org. You can also hear other podcasts that we've done in the series here with the Finding Clarity podcast. You'll find that link on our webpage. Or you can go to Facebook, facebook.com, Finding Clarity podcast, and you'll find all the information there. If you want us to show up in your news feed, just simply like the page, and uh, you, it'll be sure that you don't miss anything that's going on there. There are other means of getting the podcast. You can subscribe through Google Play or through iTunes. Again, just look for Finding Clarity Podcast, and you can make a subscription in uh, either one of those, and it'll show up on your whatever device you're using to listen to iTunes or Google Play. We also have a church app. You can go to the App Store or Google Play and type in Kerwinsville Christian Church. You'll see our church app. And if you subscribe there, you can also find out what's going on with our church, but also have access to the Finding Clarity podcast, as well as other media resources that we have here at our church. And if you don't have a church home, you can come to the Kerwinsville Christian Church in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania, 700 State Street. Our service starts at 1045, and we're a come-as-you-are church. 
doesn't matter how you dress, just come and be a part of the service and grow with us. Next week, we're going to wrestle with another topic that's very relevant today, especially with young people in a culture that is really decrying what believers are putting their trust in. And really, again, it's going back to the whole issue of the Bible. So we're going to wrestle with the question next week of, what do I really need to believe about the Scripture to experience salvation? What do I really need to believe about the Scripture to experience salvation? So that really addresses the whole issue of, do I need to believe that it's inerrant or inspired? And we're going to look at that next week. Hey, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Again, we encourage you to let others know about that. And we, we trust that you guys will have a great week.